Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Just James! It's your host, James. I have my beautiful co host, my gorgeous bestie. My beautiful plant, Thomas, with me. He is my co-host, the brains behind this operation, and quite honestly, the ruler of this household. So welcome, everybody, for my regulars. Welcome back, guys. And for anybody new to listening to my podcast, where have you been? Why has it taken you this long to find me? We are, oh gosh, how many episodes are we in now? It's way over 100. Let's have a, actually, let me check the stats. Hold on a second. Um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm trying to do this while I'm on the podcast and I probably should have checked this before. How many episodes have we ever done? Uh, achievements. There we go. Sorry, I'm just checking the app that I downloaded. Oh, we've done 105. So this will be 106 episodes. So welcome, guys. I, it's, you know, the last two weeks I've been really shitty at getting my podcast in on time and today I'm on time. For me, it is Tuesday. When you listen to this, it will be Wednesday, my dude. So uh, I've got my ass into gear for a change. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm doing things. I went away last week. For those of you guys that listen to my podcast, I went, I live in London. I live in England uh in the united kingdom and i went to a little town called swindon uh which is west of the country i think oh fuck i don't know my ge- my geography i don't know where i went anyway i actually took a bus there it was a national rail bus <laughs> took me 2 hours 20 minutes literally there 2 hours 20 minutes back i suppose if you get stuck in like roadworks or traffic it'll be a really shitty journey but it was literally there bang on time got back bang on time it was a really comfortable trip I had work to do I was working on a presentation on my laptop and I literally sat down on the bus well what happened is I got I got to the bus station and I'd read the board at which bus I needed to take and I sat and waited for the bus to to load I was literally the first one through the doors and as I got through the door they're like you're on the wrong bus babes like your bus is at terminal nine so I had to run along and go to the right bus. And I was literally the last person on my bus. But thank goodness I climbed onto the right bus. So I sat right at the front behind the driver like a teacher's pet. I sat down. I had a sandwich because I bought a sandwich from uh, a little sandwich store called Pret. And uh, I looked up again and I was already there. So I'd worked so hard on my little presentation the whole way that literally Two hours, 20 minutes went by so fast. I honestly, I couldn't believe it. So I arrived on the other side and my dad fetched me. So I spent a couple of days with my daddy bear. Uh, I I hardly see him. My dad lives in Wales, so I don't get to see him very often. And he was down on holiday for a week. So I spent two nights with him and I hung out with my nephew, who's the cutest little boy in the world. And uh, for those of you guys that listened to last week's podcast about a small family fight that I've had, um, we've decided to put things aside. And the reality is, is that I'm a stubborn little bitch. The person that I had the argument with is a stubborn, this is just as stubborn as me. We have the same blood running through our veins. 
And I think the bottom line is, is that we're never going to see each other's perspective. We're never going to, we both believe we write to the core of our souls and we can either fight as a family and not spend time together or we can put our differences aside and just let bygones be bygones, agree to disagree and be a loving family again. And I think at the, the bottom line is that we love each other more than we, f- than we want to fight, if that makes sense. So we've put things aside and I think that's the way we're going to let it lie. I mean, no, it's not resolved and everybody keeps going, are you okay with it not being resolved? Not necessarily. I think at the end of the day, you want things to come to a resolution and sort of a, a conclusion. But sometimes that's just not an option. So do you spend the rest of your adult life avoiding one another and not being in each other's lives because you're both too fucking stubborn to come to terms with things? Or do you literally just move on? And I think that's what we've done. We've just decided that's it. Let's move on. So um, I know some of you DM me your concerns and your your feelings. And I know some of you guys have had your own family fights and you've you've shared your your feelings on my Instagram with me. And I really appreciated that. I think I think hearing other people's perspective is what made me go, let's just move this on. Let's just get on with it. So, and I'd ended up having a really bad fight with my mom. And my mom is honestly my best friend. I'm extremely close to my mom. And uh, she was actually in London today. And she bought me a beautiful bottle of perfume. I feel so spoiled. Like I was such a lucky girl. And it's my favorite perfume as well, which is J'adore by Dior. Uh, I wear it probably every day. It's my favorite, favorite perfume. She bought me a beautiful bottle of that. So, and then we went and had lunch together and just hung out a bit. And she actually bought me these cool little face masks. Um, they're from Boots. They're an- anatomicals face masks. So I've got one that smells like a strawberry. It says, make your skin bright, if not you. I've got a Hawaii Five Glow, which is a tropical hydrating face mask. I then have the Hotty Totty is Never Spotty Anti-Blemish Face Mask and a, uh, look, you've got chocolate on your face, Anti-Stress Face Mask. So they were like a pound 50 each. They're all four different colors. The strawberry one's pink, the Hawaiian one's yellow, the Hotty Totty one is purple, and then the chocolate one's obviously brown. Um, but yeah, so I got some face masks. I'm going to, after this podcast, I'm going to go lie in the bath with a face mask. So I want to do that. Um, my stupid freaking, I, I don't know if I mentioned last podcast, my water, my sink is detached itself from the like plug point. So the um, plumber was here last Monday and he was supposed to come back on Wednesday. So I waited home the whole day Wednesday. He didn't pitch. So I've had no sink in my kitchen. I've been bloody washing my dishes in the bath, which is for me, it just like, it's like creeps me out because I don't feel like it's hygienic. So then I have to scrub down the bath because I don't want to climb in a bath that's full of dish soap. And like, you know, not that I've been doing much dishes to be fair because I've hardly been here. Um, but you know, every, you you don't realize how much you use your sink until you don't have a sink. It's been so frustrating. So they're texting me to say, uh, texting me today to say they'll be here tomorrow. So Hopefully tomorrow I will have a sink again, which would be amazing. So looking forward to that again, because I literally, honestly, I scrubbed on every aspect of that bloody 
um, bath after I, I, you know, wash dish in it because I, I put my body in it and I lie in it and I have a bath and I don't want a bath with like, you know, leftover peas. I don't know. <laughs> so I, um, I, on Saturday when I was with my dad and my family, we decided to do like a little fun activity and we went temp and bowling. So we did two rounds of temper bowling. It was so funny. Oh, so the night before, my my youngest brother, he couldn't join us. He had to work on Saturday. And I was heading back to London on Saturday. So I wasn't going to see him. So he gave me a hug goodbye on, on Friday night. Uh, I, I sort of, we, me and my dad dropped him off at home. And then I gave him a hug and got him out the car. Um, and when, when we did that, um, he gave me a hug, and as he hugged me, he goes, I hope you lose a temp in bowling. And I swear the boy jinxed me, because immediately after that, uh, on Saturday, we did temp and bowling. We did two rounds of temp bowling. I lost, like, I was the lowest score out of everybody in both games. I did such a shitty job at temp and bowling. It was, it was actually embarrassing how badly my, my game was. And we're quite a competitive family. So, of course, there's so much like camaraderie and we all like laugh and tease and joke each other, uh, joke with each other. So joke, joke each other, joke with each other. And um, it was quite funny. I just I just had the most horrendous round of bloody tip and bowling I've ever had before. Um, and I've blamed it on my baby brother and said it's his fault that he, he jinxed my temper and bowling. He jinxed me and made me lose horrendously but it was so fun I must say it was a really really fun day out but dang it was I stiff I was stiff the whole of Sunday I was stiff the whole of Monday I went to Pilates this morning and I swear I'm still stiff in places I can't believe how just a weird little sport that I hardly ever play like affected my body so much it's crazy and of course being away all weekend you kind of eat a little bit badly you have a couple of glasses of wine I'm not I haven't really been drinking but I'm also like not teetotal so you know if somebody gives me a glass of wine I'll have one but I'm not drinking more than that so the last sort of week I've definitely picked up the booze a bit more than I have of all late but not like excessively or to like a massive point like Monday last week I had a really shitty shitty time um, obviously with the family fight that I'd had. Uh, and then I had a couple of glasses of wine, I think on Wednesday, or th- I can't remember the day. Um, and I've picked up weight this week. So it definitely shows that, you know, when I've been on this weight loss journey, that um, the booze doesn't help in any possible ways. So it really is something that... Um, that I've got to like look after, you know, especially when I'm on this journey and I'm really can see that I've lost some weight now and I feel like I'm doing really well with it. I can really see it in my face more than anything else and in my chest, weirdly. Not my like boobs because I have fake boobs, so those will never move. But like around like under my arms and like that sort of chest area, I can really see it there. Uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll see how I get on. Um, yeah, what else can I tell you? What else is news? What else is exciting? Um, Uh, I don't think I have anything of like great interest this week that's like would possibly be like a great story for you guys but I one of my customers that I deal with I own a virtual personal assistant business so I answer companies telephones virtually I deal with your appointments 
I deal with your patients because I, I work in the medical field. So I deal with medical doctors and their patients. So um, I'm not going to say who the company is. I'm not going to say who the competitor is because the, there's a bigger story that's sort of going on underlying here that potentially could end up a, from a legal perspective. But let's just say that one of my customers' competitors has stolen their logo, uh, well, their font of their logo, and their slogan, which is pretty much identical to what my customer uses. And it sort of put me into a little bit of a spin because I'm a really small business. I'm a startup business. I've been going a year. Uh, I'm really new to being my own boss. Whereas, you know, my competitors, I, I weirdly get asked a lot by people that want to do what I'm doing. And I gave somebody advice the other day. She she contacted me via email and she said, look, I really want to be a VA. Could you give me advice? And I gave her some advice and it was really like honest advice, thinking that she would go into another industry. And then she's like, oh, well, I also want to be a medical VA. And I was like, well, you can't come to your competitors, ask your competitors how to do shit and then go and steal like my potential customers. So I actually emailed her back going, this is a little bit unethical that you asked me advice when your intention was to become an immediate competitor to me, you know, if you had asked me advice and you were going to go and work with fucking chartered accountants, I wouldn't give a shit because I don't care what they do. Like not a chartered accountants, but as a VA perspective, because I only care about a medical, my field is medical. So I was really annoyed with that. And then I thought about, you know, what do startups do when bigger competitors are stealing your ideas? And I don't think it's, I'm in a niche market or a market that's not easily stolen or a competitor can can come in and take my ideas. But there are certain companies out there that are startups and unfortunately nine out of 10 startups don't make it. And that although that shouldn't sort of discourage you, but there's also a lot of due diligence that you have to do before you start. So 19% of failed businesses is because your competitor outperformed you. And you can normally protect this from happening by protecting your intellectual property. So don't make it easy for your competitors to figure out what you're doing and then for them to copy and approve it. So like if you've got a product, for example, if you've got something that's really unique, there's you should always consider maybe a patent, uh, a patent, patent, I don't know how to say it. Um, you know, when it comes, there, and there's always two strategies when it comes to a patent. You know, you can take the defensive approach and protect the value or you can take the offensive approach and create a value for your patent. So either or, whichever one is best suited for you, if you're going to do the offense defense approach, this is sort of a strategy that you would use to plan um, a patent against your competitors. So this especially applies if you're a startup, um, if you have sort of like a proprietary technology or something like that, something that sort of mind, I would say the defensive approach is probably the best way to do it. And then, you know, you can obtain and defend your patent with, um, you know, that could be really expensive and it could take a really long time and you can risk allocating all of your resources, resource, I can't talk today, resources into that patent. And of course, legal battles can happen of that, of that sort of thing, you know, success of your company sort of thing. But you can also do the offensive approach. And, you know, at this point, you may sort of lean towards not getting a patent, but it is something that that I wouldn't necessarily say that's the best way to do it. You know, if the, if you if 
you can use your your patent patent fuck I don't know which is the right way to say it if I'm irritating you because I'm saying it wrong I'm sorry I'm just I'm not sure which is the right way to say it um to create value then the first way you can do this sort of create acquisition value um you can also make your startup more appealing by giving an enticing patent portfolio uh, that way you sort of protect your startup and make an enticing investment opportunity for other people. Um, you can do a provisional patent. Uh, if you want a patent that isn't financially ready to pursue one, then obtain a, a provisional patent. At least then you you can sort of have like a better course of action in that way as well. Um, you know, sometimes as a startup, what I find for me is that I have like little trade secrets of things that I know would be really useful. but you know, if you want to protect your ideas and by classifying them as like trade secrets, then um, there's sort of like three basic things that you can do. And the first one is to not, is is that your idea shouldn't generally be known in the public. So keep it a secret from everybody else. Keep it a secret from like, don't sit at like a party and tell people like what you're going to do because that's how stories get out and that's how like ideas get stolen from you. And the second is to give you some, sort of benefit so value can only be a value of the information itself so i mean a value can't be a value if 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 the value is the information itself and the third most reasonable one is sort of like secrecy to your ideas you can't call it a secret and think that that's good enough you also have to like outline the details in a written document you have to sort of make sure that all of the everything that you your ideas are like documented in a way that you can prove that you actually invented it that it was actually your idea uh i would consult an attorney because in that way there's sort of steps to keeping your trade secrets and to obviously a non-disclosure agreement to your to employees and business partners is always a great way to do it you can trademark your business as well um trademark is a great way to sort of like layer of protection especially if you know the ideas that are tied to your company uh you know competitors can't borrow your ideas and then trademark it as their own if you've already done it as well and it also protects you you against litigation as well but i think protecting your startup is always a really great thing it's really vital steps to protect your ideas and prevent your competitors from stealing them and if you have enough hurdles to overcome then I would say don't sort of start creating new ones by exposing yourself and your proprietary ideas. And I think that intellectual property law can create a lot of tools to protect your ideas in a lot of different ways and can sort of like help you with your trademarks, your patents, your non-disclosure agreements. There's so many different things that you can do to sort of protect your, your little bubble and the thing that you really love and care about. And although like my business is stealable my knowledge and experience is not and i think that's what that what that's what makes some companies stand up from others so there's different things you can do different ways you can protect your business and uh, hopefully that'll give some of you guys some ideas to help you with your like great ideas i'm finding it's getting warmer the sun is shining it is definitely more enticing to go outside and last week we had the most beautiful weather in london this week's a bit shit again uh the weather's cuck honestly um and i like i went into 
gym this morning, went to Pilates, and when I came out, it was freezing. I honestly needed my winter coat. I got my winter coat out of my out of my cupboard again to go for lunch with my mom today. And I was like, dang it, I thought we were done with this. But anyway, it doesn't seem to be done. But the weather's changing. Clocks went back in the UK on Mother's Day. Oh, by the way, happy Mother's Day in the UK to all the mummies. Uh, I know the rest of the world uh, celebrates in April, but in the UK we celebrate in March. So um, happy Mother's Day to all my UK mummies that listen to my podcast. Um, but yeah, the weather's changing. It's definitely, it's it's like I was looking outside last week being like, I don't want to be on my desk. I want to be on the beach. I want to be outside. And sometimes you have to stay motivated to like actually be productive at work in the summer, especially those of us that work from home, that don't go to the office. You have to create and find your own productivity, your own motivation. I'm very disciplined from a work perspective. I'm at my desk. I mean, I, I, being a business owner, I'm at my desk a lot earlier than, than most people. But well, I say most people because if I worked in an office for somebody else, I would be at an office bang on time that work started. I wouldn't be there two hours early like I am now. And I wouldn't work later into the evening like I am now. So I'm very disciplined to do that. But I think you have to find your own motivation every single day. And, you know, you're your projects could also be heavy going. There could be really difficult projects. You might need to gear up for social events that are happening around you, especially as the weather gets warmer. We're in the UK. I don't know about the rest of the world. We're out of pretty much out of COVID lockdowns. So there's weddings and parties and reunions and other events that are coming up that all pull your focus. You know, you do things outside, you get hung over, you do all sorts of stuff. Uh, and sometimes your workload can can in flux, you know, there could be an influx of work and, you know, the huge dead part, um, like, uh, I can't talk today. There could be deadlines that you have to meet. Um, you know, there's all these things we have to do these days and it's so important to stay motivated. And I think, you know, sometimes, especially when it's like school holidays are coming up, there's a quieter period for you. Some people could like, the weather's nice, there's happier days. You just don't feel like doing projects sometimes. And, you know, although you could opt for the sunbathing and the holidays while your team is slogging away, it's not going to look good for you if you're the only one that's sort of not pacing your team or, you know, doing the work that needs to be done in summer. So the seven things you can do that will help you keep motivated. And I think number one is having very clear objectives. It's so hard to stay motivated if you're not looking at the project on a focused manner. So if your project, your objectives, your deliverables aren't very clear, it's so easy to procrastinate. And I'm one to proc procrastinate at work because like, I, there's other things I need to do. There's things that I need to get done for some of my customers. And then my work for my business gets put aside. So I sometimes have to prioritize my own stuff. You know, if if I don't sort of like, if I don't define my projects very well, then sometimes that can affect you. And I would say if that's the issue, then go and have a look at like how to define your projects. You can find like, you can Google like important things that define your projects and you can find like advice on Google for things like that. Um, overloading yourself with a lot at work is always the worst thing for me. I find it easier. It's easier said than done. I know. I know that. I get that. 
we all of you know we're more focused and have more productivity if we're not overloaded and I get that and sometimes if you're trying to spread yourself too thin between several projects you can find it really you can find it really easy to fail so if you're gonna if you you know if you happen to have projects that are all due at the same time and you have to try and manage them all then managing multiple projects can be done but I, th- I think you have to really carefully schedule the projects and what you're doing and talk to your team and your managers and spread out the burden of the workload. And maybe like find tips to manage informational overload will help you sort of stay on top of some of your work. Um, focusing on the right activities. And what I mean by that is like tracking that other people are doing their tasks without micromanaging, please. Because nobody likes to be micromanaged. I freaking hate it. So I don't think anybody else likes to be micromanaged. Um, If you can, geez, good on you. Because I really, I just find it, I find it less motivating to be micromanaged. But, you know, you can do um, building relationships with your team and key stakeholders. You can try and manage your stakeholders' expectations. You can monitor the work so that it all stays on track. You can make sure that other people know what their priorities are. There's so many different things you can do in this sort of aspect. Um, try and be goal orientated if you can. You know, if your project is is will give you some sort of achievement, then you know, overwrite your goals and sort of even if you put you know what I do is I write things down like so that I can see them. So, like, write them on a wall if you have, not on a wall with pen. I mean, like, you know, project board. Use something that's that's not going to damage the wall. And then you can sort of, like, keep track of everything that's going on there and then, like, tick off all the, all the goals that you have. Because I find once you start ticking them off, I find it really motivating to see that. Sometimes changing up your space could be really motivating. Uh, you know, if, you're, if your desk is really untidy or maybe just moving your office around so that it looks a little bit different. Sometimes putting pictures up that will inspire you. Uh, you know, what if, if the outcome of it, is there a bonus? What are you going to spend the bonus on? Put that picture up on the wall and then it gives you some sort of like motivation and inspire you. And trying to stay as organized as you possibly can will always make projects a little bit easier. I'm really tidy as a person like very I'm extreme like probably I mean I don't think many people are anywhere near as tidy as I am and my my expectations of tidiness are very different to the rest of the world so I really don't always think somebody will be as tidy as me but if you have sort of a system where you know you you can find things and things like you can task you know you can put things in piles for tasks and stuff I find that really helpful and sometimes you take time off you know recharge your body you know sometimes when you're so overloaded with work that you you can't get to the top of it because timelines for work can be unrelenting and I think that no matter how ambitious or how poor managed or how busy our schedules are there burnout is a very real thing and I've spoken about burnouts quite a lot on my podcast because I went through one and I never knew I was going through one until I until I realized how burnt out I actually was. And for my longtime listeners, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say that I, I my whole I wasn't inspired at work. I wasn't trying hard. I hated my job. Um, and when I started my business and came to the realization of just how burnt out I was, 
and why my business was, you know, why I just really didn't do well at my last job was because I fucking hated it. I was so burnt out from the job before that, that I, I never took proper holidays. I never gave myself time off. I never shut down and just like gave myself the time that I needed. And it is so important for you to like keep that momentum going. And when you leave work, finish work and that's it. Go enjoy your time with your friends and family. It's 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 so important in the long run. And it seems trivial and it sometimes can seem like, oh, I have too much to do. I have too much things that are going on. If you don't give yourself that break, you will burn out. And I'm so convinced of that. I And I mean, like, look, everybody can believe their own sayings. If you don't believe that, you don't believe you need to recharge, then... I'm telling you now, after 10 years, you will. You really, really will. And that's my that's my advice. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. I'm not like a professional in any of this stuff. This is just my advice. It's just the way that I feel. Um, you know, I've it's, it's from my experience, from what I learned, and from things that I feel should be done. If you have better opinions and better ideas, please come and chat on my podcast. You're welcome to. I I welcome anybody on my podcast to give advice and to give your perspective of things because I think it's so useful. I think, you know, although this podcast is like my little corner of the world, it's it's might just be my opinion, but who's to say that I'm even fucking right? Um you know, it's just, it's the way I feel about things. And I think that's, it's just me. It's just James and my little corner of, corner of, I don't know. <laughs> Who's still working on their New Year's resolutions? This is what I want to know. You know, I spoke about this at the beginning of the year and how I believe that smaller increments of, of, um, of, uh, resolutions is better in order to sort of like keep the New Year's resolutions going because I think by the end of January half of us have forgotten about the New Year's resolution and we're not doing it anymore. So I'm curious to know who's actually still working on those. Are you know are you still flourishing and getting towards the things that you want to do? I if you're not, why not create a fresh start? So you know, start something for like summer. Summer's coming up now. March, uh, what am I talking about? Spring's coming up now. We're in spring. Going to go into summer. Maybe reframe what you were what you were starting to do, what your idea was, to try and like transition yourself back into that. Because I want us to succeed. I want us, you know, if we had a resolution that we were like quite gung-ho, we're going to do it. We're going to be like great on it. Um, you know, we could be like, oh, we're going to lose weight and we're going to like get super skinny. And now it's March and you're like, I'm so fucking tired of boring salads. I don't want to eat many vegetables anymore. I'm like, I'm like, I need a change. And then we lose the momentum. Sometimes like breaking goals into micro habits is sometimes a much better way to do it. So come up with smaller goals that you can come, you know, um, that you can sort of like, that are achievable. And sometimes our resolutions were just too vague. So now we've hit March. Because our, it was too big, it was too vague, It it's easier for us to make excuses now than to be like, oh, it's too scary, it's too intimidating, it's too vague. 
So break it down into like micro habits. You know, if your goal was to read more this year and you've haven't really done that then maybe go back to like reading 10 minutes a day read one page a day if your goal was to have more plants and all your plants died well why not get some seedlings why not start again you know your goal should be should be something that's consistently changing because we change we grow we become better people we become we create our own micro habits as we go along and I think that sometimes we, we have these resolutions, we think big, and then when it actually comes to executing them, then the little small habits that we needed to create to find them, sometimes we lose them, that we think they're too ridiculous. Oh, that'll never work. We won't do it. And I really want us to, I want us to reevaluate those resolutions. You know, if you have to, if it's something that was actually important to you on the 31st of December, then Sometimes we could feel a little bit too pressured now because we haven't got any further. We haven't actually aligned ourselves with what we wanted to do. And I don't think it's ever too late to restart your resolution if you haven't had a chance to achieve it yet. Um, you know, we create negative risks in our own minds about like what hasn't been working. Then we go, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, I don't want to lose weight anymore. It's cold. It's The weather's nice. I want to be outside. It's summer's coming and I haven't lost all the weight yet. So I've lost motivation. We sometimes can have like a little bit of tunnel vision um, to like what our goal really was. And I don't want us to do that. I want us to keep us going. I want us to keep achieving. Oh, my computer's making noises. Um, so I just want us to do great. You know, I want us to do amazing this year. Let's like get to December and be like, fuck everybody else. We did it this year. That's what I want. I want us to be great. I want us to do great things. I want us to be the best version of ourselves. And that's all I care about. I care about us being motivated and happy. And like doing this in a small community where we can all just like really achieve stuff together. So yeah, I've, that's my advice. Sorry, somebody's slamming doors. I hope you can't hear it on my podcast. Anyway, um, somebody asked me the other day, I I love plants. Um, in my 30s, I just found this love for plants. The only thing, like everybody seems to think I'm a plant expert. I'm not in any way. I just like plants. I know as much as you guys do, but like I Google research stuff. I, I look for, you know, with every plant that I have, it's trial and error for me. Everything's like a learning experience. But I did, somebody did DM me on my Instagram, which is just James podcast, just underscore James uh, underscore podcast. If you are looking for my Instagram, I'm really bad at posting on there. I must say it's, there's just been a lot going on lately. I'll get better at it this year. I promise. I just haven't just yet. Uh, but my DMs, you guys do talk to me on my DMs. Michelle, you're my conundrum queen. You always give me answers. You're amazing. So you guys answer the conundrums. You ask me questions. You give me advice. You comment on stuff. You tell me things that I've gotten wrong, which I do appreciate. And I want you to. I want you to tell me what I've done wrong because that's the only way I'm ever going to learn. Um, I'm open to being criticized and incorrect. I just won't tolerate any abuse though so if you have something shitty to say and you have the fucking audacity to come all the way to my to my instagram and then like tell me something nasty over my instagram you could get fucked you're like i'll block you i don't care about you like it's not happening uh it's this is a positive community this is a positive podcast 
And it's all about trying to be the best version of ourselves. And if you're going to come at me and tell me that I've like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm, I don't know. I don't know what, what I won't stand for it. So just so you know, uh, right. So seven, seven house plants. I said to, oh gosh, I can't remember your name. No, Josh. Yeah, it was Josh. Um, so Josh, you emailed, you DM me and said you're a boy, you live by yourself, you have, it's your first house by yourself, congratulations. I, you didn't say if it was owned or rented, either way, fucking fabulous. Welcome to living on your own, it's the greatest thing. I think I would struggle to actually full-time live with somebody because I like my space so much now. I think I've been single for so long that... And when I say single, I mean just living on my own, um, that I would really struggle to have somebody consistently in my space. But in the same breath, I think I would actually love somebody in my space all the time. It's so strange. I don't know. It's so strange. I think you get used to it. It's a bit of Stockholm Syndrome. Um, but uh, Josh, you wanted some advice on houseplants for like boys who low maintenance houseplants for beginners, something that... Um, you know, where's the best place to start? And I said, look, I'll give you seven cool plants. And the seven plants that I started with, seven plants that will thrive in dorm rooms, thrive in office. They, you know, if you have it like a dismal corner, even it will, they will literally survive it. So the first one is a golden pontos. Now this is one of my favorite plants because I find them so fascinating. They're a hanging plant. So they grow down, they grow quite long. I've literally just cut half of mine off because he just he wouldn't stop growing the mine's in my bathroom above the bathroom cabinet and he sort of grows down and they have like a yellow and green leaf they are very pretty and they're they grow aggressively from pot pretty much so there's minimal care needed for them they can easily root in a simple glass of water they do better in like large um with you know with a lot of care that they'll grow like really really long they're gorgeous i love them so it's a very very cool plant i've got two of them now uh and i've just cut off half of mine and actually propagated it to make a third one i absolutely love them they're a really cool plant uh spider plant is a great one i think i even told mish about this for her bathroom which is a dark was it a dark bathroom i can't remember what we said um they don't need a lot of sunshine. You can put them in a hallway. You can put them bright. If, if you put them in the sun, they grow beautifully as well. They absolutely, uh, if, and then they've got like a line through them. So if they're in a really dark room, they'll lose the line. Uh, when you see them, you know what I'm talking about. There's a line through it. Um, so they may lose the line if they're in too dark of a room. But you can leave, they pretty much, they just grow. They're the, they just honestly just do their own thing. They're easy in baskets. They're great on like a shelf. They um, they send out like long stem, uh, like hanging, oh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, I think it's called like a plantlet or offsets on long stems. They're sort of like, they can improve like hanging displays. They're, they're really easy to care for. They're not prickly. Uh, they're not picky about water, light or temperature. They're just super easy to care for. Um, snake plant is always a great one. I've got one in my bathroom and I propagated them and put them in another pot. 
and they just they like plenty of light as long as they're in the light they're happy but they're like non-fuss so like you don't they're not too particular about water they clump up this they spread themselves up and they sort of grow upward and they're just really easy green plant they like sword like leaves it's called the mother-in-law's tongue um and they have like a yellow little line on them it's a snake plant they honestly you when you see it you're like oh i know what that is they look you find them all over the place because they're just so easy to grow um then you get a drashania species i think that's how you say it d-r-a-c-a-e-n-a drashania um they're again really easy plants they tolerate a variety of conditions they're uh, their leaves are like they've got like a really woody stem and then like greenish leaves but they are if you regularly water them and like you can leave them out to dry if you really want to in, in the winter but in summer water them quite a lot then they're like really easy like false palms honestly they're so simple to look after succulents and cactuses always a great child especially for like a boy who's going to forget to water your plants so you know if you're they don't need a lot of water they they are very like interesting leaf structures so you can pretty much leave them in a corner and they'll just pretty much grow on their on their own as long as they've got well-drained pots and they need very little water then they they pretty much thrive on neglect so a very easy plant to look after uh bromlades is another one these plants are sort of like they have a bit of an unfair reputation and probably because um they they need to be coaxed a little bit to bloom and that's sort of like maybe the unfair reputation about them so they're a jungle plant they bloom in the house the blooming in the house can be quite tricky is is what the advice i read on them was i don't have one i think but i was when i read up on them i was looking to get one and i think that's what put me off them myself but it's you know jungle plants bloom in the house is is always going to be a tricky task they require copious amount of warmth copious amount of water they need a lot of high humidity and they filter through um they're like a showy flower if that makes sense so these species they've got beautiful leaves they're sort of like they're quite easy to look after but if you're trying to care for them to bloom then blooming is is difficult they need very little fertilizer um and you know you can repot them quite easily and increase your, your collection pretty much um but it is a nice plant once you get them to flower they're very pretty um and then lucky bamboo another really it's actually part of the drachen the the dracaena species but lucky bamboo is very easy to look after they grow under pretty much any circumstances uh, they thrive in awful conditions so if you like sporadically water them if you've got bad lighting poor air control they just thrive so bamboo lives and makes like wonderful house plants because you can do anything to them and they just sort of grow on their own so it's a really easy one to look after so that's seven sort of like really easy house plants for for beginners uh, if you're looking for some cool plants to try in your housey then definitely give those a shout uh what else is an easy one like lily um lilies can be okay mine thrive on 
I've overwatered one. He's actually sitting on a windowsill trying to survive because I keep forgetting I've watered him. And I was murdering the poor thing. So he's on a windowsill at the moment trying to dry out a bit. And my monsteria is my absolute favorite plant of all times. I absolutely love my monsteria. He's very cool. He's got babies at the moment. So he's been getting some action that I'm un unaware of. But um, yeah, he's really happy. <laughs> so last week's conundrum, guys, was I have lakes with no water, mountains with no stone, and cities with no buildings. What am I? I have lakes with no water, mountains with no stones, and cities with no buildings. What am I? The answer was a map. Uh, so that was last week's conundrum. I, Mish, I think you were the only one that got that one. Nobody else got it last week. So it was a good one. But Mish is always my conundrum queen. You listen every week and I really appreciate it so much. And this week's is two in a corner, one in a room, zero in a house, but one in a shelter. What is it? Two in a corner, one in a room, zero in a house, but one in a shelter. What is it? So send your answers to Just James Podcast and uh, I'll give you a shout out if you get them right next week. Um, I'm following a really cute family on TikTok. It's called Winning with the Wilsons. And the wife is so funny. She she consistently gets her husband to do tasks that he believes are like challenges or like you know who who does the best in them like she she pretends to do like olympic sports that have never existed um or she she just makes him do stuff and it's so funny he's so like supportive and accommodating to everything that she wants him to do um and they got a very sweet little daughter it's just like a really wholesome page and i quite like that it's not like you know there's some there's nobody dancing in their underwear and um you know, it's just a really sweet family that you could see genuinely love each other and just have fun on their TikTok. And I quite like that. I quite like that, just the simplicity of it. And and the page is just a really nice family page. So if you're looking for a good page to follow, certainly go and give them a follow. I, I, I would definitely give them my social media minute for, for this week. Um, good service. I stayed at a very lovely B&B in uh, in. Swindon and the owner was so lovely and she did such a great job of taking care of myself and my dad she really did make us feel at home and that was a really great place to stay so if you ever are looking for a place to stay in a town called Swindon in the UK please um, DM me and I'll give you the details to the Airbnb but it was really lovely and she truly does deserve a great shout out this week um, but I'm going to leave it there with you guys you know I think the decisions that we make that you invest your blood, your sweat, your tears, and you're not consistent as a person that you inspire to be, you'll never become that person. So any decision that we're making this week, I want us to put everything in it. Let's be consistent. Let's be inspiring to our families, to our children, to our loved ones around us. And let's just be really great versions of ourselves this week. Because fuck it, guys. We have one life and we're going to live it to the fullest. We're going to just thrive this week. And quite honestly, I can't wait to, for another cool week with you guys. I hope that everything you wish for, you start getting this week. I think we deserve it. We deserve the motivation. We deserve the the the... We deserve 
all the good things that are coming to us, guys. And that's what I want for us this week. So have a wonderful week, everybody, and I'll see you next week. Goodbye. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.